Welcome back to Bible study, to Paul's letter to the Galatian church, and to three um, humble servants who are John Campbell, Derek Walker and myself, and we're going to um, get through to, um, I can't say where we're going to get through to, but I know where we're starting to read, and John, you're going to start from verse 23 of yep. chapter 4, and as they say, God only knows where where we'll get to by the end of the programme. So John, you'll read and Derek will pray. Right, Galatians 4, starting at verse 23. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he who of the free woman through promise, which things are symbolic. For these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labour. For the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise, but as he was born according to the flesh, then, pers- then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the Scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Mm. Thanks, Derek. Lord, thank you that you did a supernatural work when we were born again. We are born of the promise of God through the gospel. We believed your promise and Lord, you supernaturally recreated us. You made us uh, your Isaac. We are the seed of Abraham in Christ. Praise God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you live in us and you empower us and, and that we can enjoy the liberty of the sons of God. Thank you, Lord, for revealing this to us because they are sp- spiritually understood things. But as we apprehend your spiritual life and your spiritual blessing, we can live in the reality of those things. So, Lord, make these things real to us, we pray, as, as we open up your word. Holy Spirit, you be the teacher. In Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. 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 So it's not a digression if I, if I open up and just say, the, the, um, it is amazing us sitting here reading a detailed argument from the Apostle Paul 2,000 years after he wrote it ish. And um, when you think that the, the earth was formless and void, you know, and the spirit brooded over, Uh, the waters. There was nothing there and God breathed and created life and then um, uh, his spirit came into Adam and he became you know a living being and then Adam fell and then you know you have all of the unfolding civilizations of of man, works of the flesh uh, and all this as it were um, uh, 
comes to a, a, a fulfillment in God's plan there at the cross, you know, by his grace. And now we're just, you know, over, I don't know how many weeks now, just on a few verses of this amazing letter that Paul wrote as the church is, be, is in its infancy. Um, we, we, we haven't evolved from an amoeba, have we? <laughs> it's just ridiculous mm. to think that this level of detail, you know, that's, that's sort of engaging our spirits in the spiritual realm is evidence that we have not just turned up by chance mutations through some random yeah. process. Yeah. Um, I don't believe that personally. No. I just don't believe it. And, I, you know, and, the thing, and we're only here because of the survival of the species. And you know, it just the whole narrative, the alternative narrative to God's uh, plan of salvation and grace, I don't believe it stacks up. No. And it's tragic that there's a whole world, especially the Western world, that has abandoned the Bible and is sort of hammering, religiously hammering on... It's mathematically um, impossible. I mean, yeah. it's, it's absurd. Yeah. Even the formation of a, of a protein by accident is, yeah. is impossible. It's impossible. You know, the odds are, are ridiculous, let alone the, the simplest form of life. Yeah. It, it's just absurdity. It's mm. irrationality. The, the statistics uh, is statistically <coughs> impossible. Yeah, yeah, essentially, yes. And yet, from this uh, the sort of the uh, you know the great Charles Darwin, we we uh, you know an alternative narrative has emerged, which is atheistic, from which you know is concluded we're all animals, and from which you know laws are now made to enforce us to behave like animals. And anyone who comes up with the Bible view right. um, says that, no, we're not. And, and yet the law, the legalism of secular humanism, the religion of secular humanism, which I think can be read into these scriptures, it's just another form of legalism, is, is, is getting quite aggressive now. Yes. And we can't even openly say no. Um, what is God's um, righteous pathway to, to life? It, it's sort of now a fringe, um, wacky, uh, you know, um, sect that, that is ridiculed, uh, and not only ridiculed, actually, you know, aggressively suppressed. It is. We, we shouldn't concern ourselves too no. much because the Lord no. is not caught out. No. This is not something you know, that caught the Lord. You naturally. do get a bit, you know, there's a little bit of righteous indignation that, yeah, that rises I think that's up right. within I, us. I mean, I think righteous anger is perfectly yeah. justified. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one looks out of the, of the window, so to speak, and sees what is indescribable wickedness going mm. on in the world at large. Mm. Um, the, the, and, but when you get back into, into the prophets, into Isaiah and mm. all of them, and you see it, they're all bang up to date. Yeah. The, the Lord has not been caught out. Mm. What I'm beginning to see is I, that, that when he refers to the wickedness, you know, and the, and the, the scandals of oppression of people and abuse of people, mm. I, I now have a much better understanding of what he's talking about. Mm. Um, but it's, nothing has changed. There is nothing new under the sun. I think we have, we have to remember that. Um, and and the, the wonder of the Bible is that, is that it brings it all together and it's bang up all sort, There's all sorts of rubbish out there on the internet at the moment. Mm. Um, one thing is that within the 
and this may be true, um, within the, the, the uh, vaults of the Vatican, they've found an extra, I don't know, 60 books of the Bible. Mm. Well, maybe they have. It, it mm. strikes me as being um, not entirely impossible that the wickedness at large would hide books. Mm. But we've always said that the Lord is able to preserve his word, I and we certainly so. have more than enough to ensure, mm. in, ensure our salvation. But... Um, so I, I mention that because I don't it. want people to, they might have seen a lot of this stuff and I don't yeah. want to get concerned. Oh, That's the Bible right. isn't real. No, 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 no. And, and the other thing they say, and of course, it's by all, the way, it's, it's all been openly and honestly yeah. conveyed to us and we can, we've That's got right. the extant manuscripts. So this we stuff can... is at large at the moment, yeah. um, Tim, and it's yeah. important to address it. And the other thing they're saying is that the Bible, along with all other religious books, yeah. and whatever they, yeah. you know, the Quran and other, have all been manipulated in order to, if well, that's lazy. Well, I, I, that's I lazy. believe that is so of the of, of the what we would call non-scriptural books. You know, the, the, because I'm sure they have been manipulated in order to affect control of the people. Um, but it, it's all these things are always written by people who don't know the Lord. So they read this and they think, oh, and they say it's been tampered with. Well, we know it hasn't because we talked, I think, last week. It's alive and active. And it, so it, there's it, a lot of evidence it, it, that it hasn't just, as well. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of evidence from, let's say, the Dead Sea Scrolls to there's today. A huge, there's a huge you know, amount. The fact that the lack of discrepancy is amazing. No, the, the internal the of, and the external referencing yeah. is, is, is yeah. second to none. Yeah. It is mm -hmm. absolutely second yeah. to none. So, but, yeah. but I can understand mm. it can concern people. You yeah. know, it, we can't brush these things under the no, carpet. No. And then we can say that this word is alive. Yeah. And, and those who would have us believe that the Bible the Bible has been tampered with in order to control us, have never received the, yeah. the, the word of God yeah. as a living, alive thing. Yeah, so I just dismiss studied, it. Studied dismiss it, as, it. As dismiss it all. Don't worry about it. That's right. um, now um, I've got you going, John. Yeah, you have. <laughs> and, and, but this, um, this develops because yeah. it's, it's all over the, all over the internet. And yeah. if people are following channels on Telegram, they're going to come across our viewers, our viewers don't watch the Well, they do. I can <laughs> tell you, they do. Um, and, and so there's people saying that, you know, there are civilizations throughout the other universes. Well, there may be or there may not be. But what matters is Jesus, Jesus Christ and, and our relationship to him. Yeah. Mm. And I, 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 because I asked this, I was concerned about this. Mm. I was concerned momentarily for myself until I applied my mind to the matter. And for other people who could be very concerned that, that there are other forces manipulating us and that the Lord is not really the Lord at all. He's a figment of the imagination. So I said to the Lord in the shower, which is where I often talk to him, Lord, don't don't, John, don't reinforce their suspicions listen, now with your anecdotes. Listen, listen. <laughs> I, said, I said to the Lord, Lord, this concerns me. How can I, to my brothers and sisters, refute all this stuff that's going on? Because it is confusing. Is it possible that you are not God, you're some sort of mighty mm. superior being? And his answer immediately, and he didn't even quote scripture, he just said, because of the born again experience. Mm. That That's, answer. Right. That's unanswerable, isn't it? it absolutely, yeah. totally unanswerable. Yeah. It was immediate, the answer to my query. Great. So, you know, of course, well, we've got we our there? challenges today, but Paul... Um, had the challenge then. It's interesting that Paul himself, he understood legalism, you know, intimately. He knew, he, 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 you know, he knew the scriptures, he knew, as he it was. were, the other side. He was one, 
And so he's really able to sort of forensically unpack it um, to the point that he, you know, he's a, he knows the story of Mount Sinai. He knows the story of Abraham and, and Ishmael and Isaac. And we've promised, I think for three weeks now, Derek, that we're going to talk about the actual the, the geography of Mount Sinai. Should we um, have a look at that? Yes, because that's quite an, an interesting one. Sorry about my digression, but I thought, well, if we get the digression out at the beginning, it's not a digression. <laughs> well, I certainly, com I certainly compounded it, but never mind. No, it was good. No, you digressed from my digression, which made it all, all you know, cancelled out. So but back to the Bible study. Thanks, John. The, um, in 24, it, it, it talk, well, of course, it's talking about, um, you know, we're two forms of religion, if you like, two forms of faith, two covenants, mm. the old covenant, the new covenant. Paul, of course, is encouraging the Galatians now, you know, be new covenant believers. Um, the legalists want to bring them back under Moses under the old covenant and of course he's bringing this analogy now that those who are of the new covenant uh, are, are like Isaac, they are born of the spirit which is a miraculous birth as you were saying mm -hmm. uh, and which can't be explained naturally mm -hmm. like Isaac's birth couldn't be, I mean Sarah was 90 which is a bigger miracle even than Abraham's 99. Um, That's true you know, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and also, you know, uh, versus um, Ishmael, which is a purely natural birth of the flesh. And, and so your religion is either natural, mm. which is just you and your own strength trying to keep these laws, mm. uh, you're an Ishmael, or you're an Isaac. Mm. You have a supernatural birth through the, receiving the promise of God. And, and that is related to the Old Covenant and, or the New Covenant. Last time we saw that the New Covenant's headquarters is actually the New Jerusalem in heaven mm. and that, that's where the blood of Jesus has been, the covenant's been established through the blood being taken to the heavenly holy of holies. Mm. Uh, now we come to the Old Covenant. He's saying now on the other side of the equation, if your religion is, is based on the Old Covenant, mm. then your headquarters, if you like, is, is Mount Sinai historically mm. it's Mount Sinai and, and then he goes on to say it's actually the earthly Jerusalem at that time yeah. all these false teachers legalistic teachers were coming out from Jerusalem that was yeah. their headquarters so it brings us to Mount Sinai and he says in verse 24 these are the two covenants one uh, Sarah is like the new covenant but the one from Mount Sinai which gives birth to bondage which is Hagar and by the way, what it means is, if you are from Mount, if you are born of the Mount Sinai covenant, if that's your identity, Mount Sinai or the law of Moses gives birth to children of bondage. You, you that's, are. That's quite significant, isn't it? Because um, Hagar was uh, a slave, a bond servant, yeah. um, which made Ishmael such. But it's as though all of her descendants are spiritually. That's your, bondage. that's your spiritual DNA, mm. uh, yeah. mm. is, is a bondage. Mm. And so it, we have Hagar, uh, and it's all picture language, you see, Hagar. And now it brings in the fact that Mount Sinai, verse 25, for this Hagar is Mount Sinai, which is where the, the Old Covenant law was given, in Arabia. Yeah. 
in Arabia. Quite interesting so, it says that in Arabia, isn't it? Yes, and that's... So is Arabia, does it cover the Sinai Peninsula, Arabia, or... Um, okay. Well... Because we're getting onto a bit of Ron okay, Wyatt. So here, this, this yeah. is where we get to uh, an interesting digression. Yeah. And, and I would say the, uh, the Arabia here is talking about what we would call Saudi Arabia. That, that Mount Sinai is really in Saudi Arabia. And how do we know that? Okay, just looking at the Bible, apart from, there have been modern developments as that you alluded mm. to. Mm. But just talking about the Bible, Moses fled from Egypt and he fled not to the Sinai Peninsula, mm. he fled across the Sinai Peninsula to Midian. Now yeah. we know for an absolute fact yeah. that Midian is, is, is in Arabia, in yeah. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. It's um, north, northwest mm. of, of Arabia, okay? That's where he then lived for 40 years as a shepherd, yeah. right? Yeah. And he, he, we know that he was taking his sheep for a, for a walk, yeah. and he comes to the, the mountain of God, Mount Sinai. Now that Where he has the revelation of the burning bush. Exactly. You know, yeah. and the and name of God, I am. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. And so that should tell you right there, you don't have to be a genius, yeah. that, that Mount Sinai is in Midian, mm. in the area of Midian. Yeah. You know, the idea that he took his sheep 225 miles to pasture on not a very good pasture ground no. In, at the bottom of the Sinai yeah. Peninsula, and then to so it's a round so trip. So those of who argue that miles. The, the biblical Sinai is in Mount is Mount Sinai in the Sinai Peninsula, um, are, are they also arguing that that's where Midian is? No, or no, they're not. No, nobody questions. So it's complete that. inconsistency. It's, it's absolute nonsense, yeah. of course. Yeah. But the, where we get and even the like Josephus, Philo, uh, they all talk about um, you know it being in out towards Arabia, okay? So where does this traditional Mount Sinai come from? It only came from the Byzantine time, right? Yeah. 400, 500 And is that because AD. it was quite handy for um, pilgrim tourism? I don't know why it is quite handy, because it's quite a long way down into Saudi Arabia. So if it was the Byzantines, you know, there was this tradition of setting up, like St. Catherine's Monastery, these places um, which are handy, you know, for travellers. Yeah, yeah. So you can visit Jerusalem, yeah. you can visit Sinai, you can visit Nazareth. I'm not sure like, how handy no. it was, but certainly... Well, it's rel some, relative to the place it, in Saudi Arabia. Somehow it, is, it happened. Yeah. I mean, there was a monastery down that way, and somehow... Yeah, St. Catherine's, yeah. Somehow it happened. I mean, the tradition goes that Helena, they, although there isn't necessarily a lot of proof for this, mm. but the Constantine's mother decided... Yeah. That's right. It was the, that one. She had quite an influence on, and, on and where these places are. Like we talked on. about the Holy Sepulchre Church, you know, mm. she was, there's some St. Yeah. Hel Helena's um, chapel there. You know, she, she had quite an influence on where oh, yeah. these shrines were set yeah. up. Yeah. And so it's possible she was the origin of it. Mm. Or, but the only actual solid historical evidence even comes from about 400 and something, 500 AD. It's very late tradition. Yeah, so that's my point, because, um, John, we, you were talking earlier about the sort of reliability of God's word. And, you know, there were oral traditions and, and historic traditions. And I know, you know, even through the Old Testament, there were chapters, as it were, of time, which are not recorded, where I suppose things could have been 
you know, the ball could have been dropped in terms of the archaeology. Um, it's still uh, quite strong. You know, if you go to the biblical account, and when Paul says in Arabia, that's a good place to start, isn't it? You know, if he says Mount Sinai in Arabia. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah I see what you mean. Yeah. Sorry, I, I yeah. wasn't quite sure where you were coming right. to. No, if, uh, I sometimes well, don't you, know myself. You know, you, yeah. you know me. Yeah. If Paul says it's in Arabia, that's it, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, exactly. A good question, you know, yeah. a question has been asked. Because the higher critics would say, oh, well, you know, know, for yeah. Moses, you know, it, it's obviously he went through the, the, the reeds of, you know, yeah, wherever yeah. the Suez Canal, Tedious, isn't where, it? where that, so it's much easier to cross well, there. And so it's, in other words, it wasn't a great miracle of the Red Sea being parted. The Red Sea was this sea of reeds. Yes. This well, sort of, go on, yep. No, I was going yeah. to say the, 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 the weight given and the honor given to scholars is sort of that as we came out as we came out of the Reformation into more bondage. This is part of it. The awe in which these scholars are held, um, and yet most of them are just mouthpieces of the devil. Don't believe. Don't believe. They don't believe. It's very important with those who translate the Bible. That's why the early translations, Tyndale. Yes. Yeah, and the yes. King James Bible. There were people who absolutely, absolutely believed in believe. the literal yeah. truth of God's word. What were you going to say? Because I cut well, it is you. the position of it. So yeah. what you've got first of all is where Midian is. I mean, yeah, and that, that's pretty clear by itself. The second issue that relates to it is where where is the Red Sea crossing? Okay. That's it. Now, in the biblical, uh, in the Hebrew, the crossing is called the Yam Suf. Right, Yam is sea, Suf is the key word here. All right. Now, in the Septuagint, it translates it because they did, their geography wasn't very good, that, the Greek geography at that time. They translated it as the Red Sea, mm. and and that has been accepted that that's probably that isn't the meaning of Yamsuf. All right. Now, a modern speculation that's become the in thing is that actually it should have been translated the Reed Sea. Mm. But that is very weak. Mm. The evidence mm. for that is very weak. If you study all the uses... It's very convenient if you don't believe in miracles. Yeah. They just waded through, you see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then how did they drown the Egyptian army? That's exactly. the other one. <laughs> if you read all the descriptions of, of the crossing, it is a supernatural thing. Yeah. And it's in deep water. Mm -hmm. the, the language used for yam... Yam means a sea, means a body of water that, that is not some kind of low-level mm. lake. Yeah. Mm. You, know, you know what I mean? It is a sea. Mm. It is a deep body of water. And, and it's very clear that it's not just a normal wind that opened it up. It's, yeah. it's God blew this thing and there were walls of water going up high mm. that were congealed. In other words, they turned to ice. Mm. And, and you... You, it says they went through the depths. Yeah. So if you take the Bible seriously, this is not one of yeah. the, the reads. Now they, they, they So we're said, saying south of the Gulf of Aqaba or the Gulf of Elats. Yeah. We're saying so, that's the point. Well, where the Yamsuf, whenever the Yamsuf yeah. is used, it, it's, there's a number of scriptures. And I'm asking you because then we can put it on the map. That's yeah. why. So yeah. there are a number of scriptures. So the, the number of scriptures that, that identify Yamsuf with the Gulf of Aqaba. Yeah. All right. Not the Gulf of Suez. Yeah. Right. So the popular idea was there are some marshy lakes on Gulf of Suez, 
you know, and there maybe they crossed those lakes, all right? And then that's why they're called the Reed Sea. But they, that's a very weak language. For instance, so Solomon built uh, ships at the Yansuf mm -hmm. and on the other side of Edom, it says. Mm -hmm. So it's not Suez, it's, it's yeah. Aqaba. Yeah. The word Suf, actually, the best linguistic thing is that it actually means the boundary. It's the boundary point for Israel, and it is today. Yeah. Just down there by Aqaba, that's right. right? That's the end, that's the southern boundary of Israel. Yeah. From that point to the Mediterranean is the southern boundary of where Israel. And the, the, the line of it the is Negev also Desert. described the as Negev the... Negev Desert comes the, down as a triangle. The Brook yeah. of Egypt yeah. is the... Is, is, is gives you that line mm -hmm. down to Agaba and Yamsuf means the sea of the boundary. Yeah, that's yes, that's that's, that's its clear. real linguistic origin. Yeah, and and other scriptures talk about and the other reason it couldn't be Suez is it makes it clear that on the Exodus they actually had left Egypt. Yeah, when they crossed over the Red Sea, I don't have mm -hmm. the verse to hand, they had actually left Egypt already. Yeah. However, those lakes are well within Egypt. Mm -hmm. So there's no way. Contradictory. The Egyptian boundary was another 140 miles. Mm -hmm. So they hadn't left Egypt when they crossed that. Yeah. So that doesn't make sense either. Mm -hmm. So they crossed somewhere across the Gulf of Aqaba, which is actually quite deep water. That's definitely. You definitely. Know. Oh, no, I've seen the ships um, going down there. There are two different theories where they might have crossed. One is from the, Nua um, the nu Nueva Beach. Yeah. And the other is right at south at at the southern end, but yeah. um, either way, it was a miraculous crossing. Mm -hmm. The Bible was going to say Sharm el Sheikh, that. but the, you know that's getting too modern. But yeah. So if that's the case, then of course they crossed over mm. into Saudi Arabia, yeah. into the realm of Midian. Yeah. Um, and so it all makes sense biblically that, that Mount Sinai is actually in Arabia, in yeah. Saudi Arabia. It's interesting that it was very hard to get to. So you can read certain books of. Ron White, you mentioned, yep. Bob Cornuke, um, I always call it, isn't it Cornuke? Yes. <laughs> Cornuke. Yep. Um, Larry Williams. Mm. And, and they, they, you know, they did, and good, good for them, you know, they, they actually took the risk and they went there. That's right. And the Coldwells in particular were the people who were able to, who worked in Saudi Arabia, they gathered all the photographic evidence. Because yeah. there's an enormous amount of a confirmation, if you like, that that a mountain called Jebel El Laws, That's right. which has a blackened peak. Also nearby is this very impressive split rock, called That's the right. Rock of Horeb. You That's know when right. Moses struck the rock, That's right. and the water flooded out, yeah. and there's a, a huge rock, rock that yeah. actually fits the description with water channels. Uh, hopefully we'll, we'll have a picture showing that. Yeah, no, um, no. What I was thinking is hopefully, you know, if this sort of opening of relations with, uh, between Israel and Saudi Arabia blossoms, we might take a coach yeah. down there. But it's yeah. quite a long People haul. People are taking I mean, trips there. Yeah, of course. Already. Um, and the Saudis we try to fit quite a lot into our tours. Yeah. They're, they're building up an area called Naom. It is amazing. It is amazing. We'll make it accessible. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, that's so, what Bible study is. We, you know, sometimes we're going into the detail of a text, but sometimes we're, we're looking at the, you know, the evidence that, that is there in the archaeology or in the geography yeah. or in the topography. It's wonderful. As you say, John, the evidence is there. The evidence the, the is evidence there for those that want to see it. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. And it's very easy to produce evidence, counter-evidence, if you like. But this all comes from the fact that um, Paul writes um, Sinai, Mount Sinai, in Arabia. Remember, Paul went to Arabia. Of course he did. Yeah. Galatians 1.17. Yeah. Paul, early on in his Christian life, he, yeah. he felt led to go to, Ara to Arabia. Mm. I believe, it's a speculation, that mm. he went to Arabia one major reason is he wanted to go to Mount Sinai, mm, mm. Uh, and um, like Elijah did, mm. because here is this man of the law, and now he's just been saved by grace, and, and now he needs to understand how, how does the whole Bible fit together, how does the law, you know, how does that all fit? Yeah. And I believe maybe he went to Saudi Arabia to get, just to, to see how all the pieces fit together and let the Lord reveal to him that's you know, all these wonderful truths, you know. I, do you know, Derek, I'm sure that's right. I've not heard it before, but because I could see where Moses received the revelation, Paul is going to receive the new revelation in the yeah. same place. Amazing. That would be totally typical symmetrical. Of, of, of Bible symmetry. Yes. Uh, it makes absolute sense yeah. to me. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing to remember, we'll probably come on to discuss it in more detail, is that there, you know, we're, we're saved by grace. In theory, though not in practice, you could be saved by the law. The law is perfect. It is yeah. holy and right, yeah. and, and it is an alternative route, except you'll never make it. Yeah. You'll fall at the first, the first fence. Yeah. But in theory, if we didn't have sin in us, as the yeah. Lord Jesus didn't, yeah. we could navigate the law and arrive at salvation. But we can't because it's a practical and spiritual impossibility because of our condition. Mm. It's not that there's anything wrong with the law or the law. I, I make that point because there's nothing wrong with Mount Sinai and the giving of the law to Moses. Nothing mm. wrong with it at all. Mm. Um, the problem is with mankind. Mm. Yes. It, um, it's interesting that we are focusing on these, these places where there are mountains. So, and it is significant in the scriptures, in the Psalms, you know, I lift up my eyes to the hills, from where does my help come? which is basically saying it comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Um, that, by the way, is another psalm of grace. You know, he will not let your foot be moved. You know, the sun will not strike you by day. He'll keep your going out and your coming in. Um, but you have Sinai. We've spoken of Mount Zion last, last week. You know, you've got the Mount of Transfiguration up in the north. The mountains are important. Mount is very God, important. Mount Nebo. Yeah. You know, the, these places are special places, special you, get a, places. you get a view, you get a bigger picture, yeah. and, and spiritually, you know, you, you They often you know, refer to heights, thrones, you can see. To thrones and power bases, and, and uh, um, the, with the high places, the high and, places yeah, and, yeah. and idolatry as well. Yeah. yeah, so they're contested, they are contested. Yeah, um, so, here we yeah, are, so Mount in, Sinai. In, in his Arabia. logic, he's, he's Building up this picture, and I think we've pretty much got it now. Yeah. All right, you've got on, in one column, because it's interesting when he says, uh, for this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is. Yeah. So he says, you know, Mount's, the headquarters was there in Mount Sinai, but now the, the present headquarters of this legalistic mm. Judaism, actually, yeah. in this case, yeah. was, was Jerusalem. Mm. So he's, he says, when it uses that word corresponds to, it's actually, he says, puts in the, put it in the same column as. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we, we talked about this before, that yeah. in this whole analogy, he's put lots of things in the same column. In, in, the, in the negative column, you might say, yeah. is you've got Hagar, mm. 
who, who was a slave, who gives birth to Ishmael. Hagar is like the Old Covenant, mm. which was headquartered at Mount Sinai. Mm. And if that's your identity, if you are coming to the law to justify yourself, mm. you, you are born of Hagar, yeah. and you are like Ishmael, and you are in bondage, mm. and, and you are under, under the curse, mm. you know. Uh, and then on the, in the other column, of course, if you're born of Sarah, if mm. you're an Isaac, mm. you have a supernatural birth, you're born into liberty, um, and, and your headquarters mm. is the New Jerusalem. Could you're I a citizen of heaven and you're under the new covenant. Exactly, exactly. So could I throw this in? Um, oh, I, I thought I'd got my digressions out of the way earlier on, but the, uh, there is a political movement today that says um, the present-day Israel, um, the Jewish people, they take it from this passage, is of Hagar um, and uh, Mount Sinai. And the, and the Palestinian people, um, they're the living stones. They're, they're the alternative. They're the ones who are, as it were, um, not in bondage. Um, they're the ones who are actually um, the true inheritors of the land, and the other ones are, are impostors who have come, as it were, illegitimately into the land. I'm, I'm just saying that that is a narrative. It comes out of the, the liberation theology camp, and it's still sort of tacitly um, uh, um, ad, uh, acceded to by you know, folks within the evangelical world who, who, who don't like, you know, um, Christian Zionism. And so they, they will take this as, as a passage that supports their case. It's quite interesting. And I, uh, I have heard They're it. only supporting it geographically. They're not, you know, they're also saying, I know, because when yeah. you discuss it with these people, that uh, their God and our God, the same thing. Yeah. They don't see the contradictions in So they're saying the even theology. though the Arab peoples, Palestinian Arabs, are actually come, let's say, via, um, sort of gene genealogically through um, Ishmael, they are the, the true spiritual inheritors of the land of, um, of Israel. Yeah, well, it's their, it's their it's position. very confused thinking yes. because it's missing the whole point of this passage, yes. which is nothing about ethnic. It's, it's no, got no. nothing to do with ethnic yep. identity. Yep. The sons of Isaac are those who were born again, mm. which is from every tribe, tongue, and nation, whether Palestinian, Jewish, British, whatever. Those are the, that's what yep. Paul's saying is these are the sons of Isaac, and the sons of Ishmael are those who are trying to justify themselves before God. You know, which yeah. is the way of man. Hmm. The issue of whose right is it to the land is a separate issue. All right, that, that's a different. That that is the fact that it, the land was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their descendants. Yeah, which is the Jewish that's people. That's right. That's right. You yeah. know, and nothing can change that. That's an mm. everlasting covenant, mm. and and you know whoever you know whoever are the genuine descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, they will ultimately possess the land, I believe, yeah. in the millennium. Mm. Um, uh, uh, but that's a different issue to what he's talking about here. Mm. And in a way, he's saying, well, look, even if you are Jewish, thoroughly Jewish, yeah. but you are, you still belong to Mount Sinai. Yeah. 
you are like Ishmael, spiritually That's right. speaking. That's right. And even if you are absolutely not Jewish, mm -hmm. but you are born again, you, you know, you are like Isaac spiritually. Yeah. And that, that's the most important thing as far as our individual lives are concerned. There are other well, what issues they do is as far as the national issue. Yeah, that's right. They, that's they turn it into a national issue. Yeah. They, they say, well, um, the, um, uh, God, God isn't interested in real estate, you know, so all this idea of Christian Zionism isn't, um, it, it, it is completely wrong-headed biblically. Uh, but when it comes to who has a right to the land, suddenly the land is very important and it belongs to who they call are the living stones. And, you know, there's a whole movement that follows this um, track. And even, even among, you know, e evangelicals. Yes, yeah. And I just, yeah. I say it as, as a sort of incidentally, this passage, I've heard it quoted a few times. Sure. Well, it's sermons preached about that. it. It's misapplying that passage. Yeah. And it's also ignoring the clear passages mm. that promise the land. That's right. To Abraham, Isaac, and yeah. Jacob. Yeah. You know. But uh, if you believe Allah and Yahweh are the same God, yeah. then you, you, you can justify that sort of yeah. interpretation. Yeah. And that's what they believe. Mm. Um, it's simple as that. So I mean, Arafat almost had more integrity because he said, we, we as he would say it, we, we were descended from the Canaanites. You know, so we have a right to the land. So he would actually say, we have a right to the land because we a, were dispossessed he was by... A, he was Egyptian. Um, uh, he was, there's but no, 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 no. he created a narrative that, of, yeah. that he was Palestinian. I mean, there is no such thing as a Palestinian nation. Yeah. There never um, was. Um, there know. were the Philistines, though, and so he would root, he would do quite, quite openly, you know, because um, Fal Palestinian, they didn't have a, a, a P, and it, and it is rooted in Philistine, back to the Canaanites, and he, he actually used to use that as an argument, interestingly. Mind you, he also said Jesus was the first, you know, Palestinian martyr. So it just shows, if you, if you do the old eisegesis and you have your political worldview, you can read into scriptures, yeah. especially difficult, you know, we've taken a few weeks yes. over this. It's a yes. difficult passage. Um, you know, people, rogues can come in, as it were, and misinterpret it. Yeah. Well, certainly Delib to, deliberately. To use that, this passage, which is clearly talking about personal salvation. Yeah, it's a spiritual. It's got nothing to do with ethnic truth. identity at all. That's right. Although Paul is, is, is kind of being very clever. Yeah. And he's kind of saying these, these proud Jews who are, yeah. in a sense, trusting in their Jewish, Paul, Paul Jewishness. Paul being a Jew, Paul the Jew. And law-keeping Jewishness mm. as the means of salvation. He's, he's turning it upside down on them and saying, yeah. actually, you, you are like Ishmael. Mm. And, and Jerusalem, the earthly Jerusalem, which is under this wrong religion, um, you know, is, 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 is not actually the real representative of God right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the sons of I the Isaacs, who are born in the heavenly Jerusalem, they, you know, the heavenly Jerusalem trumps the earthly Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. uh, and, and so it's talking on that level. But you have to take the Bible literally. Mm -hmm. And the Bible also talks about the covenant that God made with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, promising them the land. And God has to keep his word, yeah. you know. Yeah. That, that, doesn't, that didn't get nullified. Yeah, it's interesting when we read, um, was it last week uh, in Genesis, it did talk about, uh, in Genesis 17, I think, about the um, inheritance, the everlasting possession mm. of 
of for the people and for the land. Mm. It's quite interesting. There are two, I think it was verse 7 and then verse, a couple of verses later, talks about the land. That's quite sort of out there, isn't it? To write, as it were, thousands of years beforehand, <laughs> that this yeah. land would be mm. connected to this people. And it's this all, people would not come pass together, away. Because yeah. the Bible predicts and, uh, that there will be a great turning of Israel back to the Lord mm. um, near the That's end. That's right. That's and right. all Israel will be saved. That's the powerful. And in the millennium, Ele verse there, 11 there of, will be a huge sorry, number 11. of saved. Yeah. Israelites yeah. as well, in particular. I suppose what I'm saying is, look, um, Paul mentions the physical um, territory of Arabia, a land which was bound, had boundaries, everyone knows Arabia. The Lord Jesus more than once spoke about the, 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 the nation of Israel, the land and boundary of Israel. I've not seen faith in all of Israel. That was talking about the place and, and the people. Um, and he did so the physical location does predate, as it were, 1948. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. yes. Um, you know, because the conspiracy theorists would say, "Oh no, it's all been cooked up." That's um, right. Post, but it, but it is yeah. a biblical land. God pro pro biblical prophesied place. that as He scattered Israel, mm. He will gather them. Yeah. And even so though Israel, Israel are still in unbelief, yeah, it is a fulfilment of prophecy that mm. God must gather Israel back to the land and deal with Israel on a national basis yeah, yeah. and bring Israel to repentance. Yeah. And he's going to do that. And mm. that's all connected with the second coming of Christ. Mm. So this is all a f clear fulfillment of prophecy mm. if once one can, eyes are open to see. Yeah. The problem is people often we ha can't hold two thoughts together. You know, it's either got to be this or this. And so we're so enamored rightly of our spiritual salvation, we think, oh, we can throw everything else mm. away. But mm. no, you, the Bible also talks about national Israel and, and God's plans That's for right. national Israel. And we've got to hold it all together. We can't just and, and say well, salvation's the only thing that matters. That's you right. know, there are other themes in the Bible too. Which, which you know, it, the devil knows if he can <clears throat> disprove them, if he can blot out you know, the people or the land or Jerusalem, you know, Ahmadinejad, you know, you know having this eyed vision of all those, uh, you know, the fire over Jerusalem. If, they, if the devil can do that, um, you know, he can sort of undermine the prophecies, he can under, undermine the reliability of God's promises. But what I find interesting is, is in our modern times, it hasn't been the Arabs, as it were, and um, Islam, Sunni Islam in the Arab world, in Saudi Arabia, that has been threatening Jerusalem. It's been the Persians, yes. you know, who have been, as it were, hijacked by um, Shiite uh, Islam under the Ayatollahs, who came out with the, the new sort of, as it were, uh, theology of the great Satan and the little Satan and the need to eradicate the little, uh, the, the little Satan and the greater America and um, Israel. And that Israel is just a, a, an implant of, of America, a transplant of America in, in the Middle East, and they've got to be um, turfed out. So in other words, that does point to the fact that it is a spiritual thing rather than an ethnic thing. Why, why would, the, why would um, you know, a whole people have to be wiped out. 
why would the, the, the Germans, as it were, want to wipe out the whole you know, of the Jewish people, not just let them exile? So we are dealing with really important spiritual oh, yeah. issues. Um, and we're not against the Arabs, and it's a great book, Lawrence of Arabia, which actually, you know, it goes right down to these uh, geographic places you're talking about. So you mentioned Aqaba. There was a great cry from Lawrence of Arabia with uh, Peter O'Toole and Anthony, <laughs> Anthony Quinn. How they all played these amazing characters. And they, all, and they went down and they took Aqaba. The rest is history. Mm. Okay. Um, here we are. Uh, how, how much more do we need to... Um, um, so are we on verse 27 now? I think we are. I think we've got right through to... So this is an amazing um, sort of quote of a prophecy. Shall we have a look at it? Isaiah 54. Yeah, let's have a look one. at it. Yeah. It's interesting. It comes right after Isaiah 53. It's really talking about the fact that um, it, he sees it as a prophecy that Sarah is going to have loads of children. You know, yeah, the, the picture right. is that Sarah was barren because it seemed mm. like Sarah would have no yeah. children. So on the one hand, you, it seems like, you know, at first there's, there's more kind of Ishmael's, but there is this prophecy here that Sarah is going to have loads of children. Yeah. And that's partly a prediction of, you know, the gospel going to the whole world. You mm. know, multitudes of Gentiles you know, coming to faith. And ultimately, it's a prophecy that there'll be many Jews mm. who come to faith too. In other words, Sarah, although it looks like, you know, legalistic religions having yeah. his way, there is this prophecy, and it's Isaiah 54 verse 1. So what's Isaiah 53? Yeah, exactly. It's the, the sacrifice of the Messiah. Yeah. This is the new covenant being established, and as soon as the new covenant is established through the death and resurrection of the Messiah, is this prophecy of multitudes being born from through a barren, Sarah, yeah. as it were, through, barren, yeah. through this new covenant That's that yeah. Sarah represents. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And, and so, if I read it from Galatians, yeah. and then you, we can so check I, it. I've got a question from it, but let's Rejoice, read Rejoice, O barren, and it's talking about Sarah, yeah. you who do not bear, break forth and shout. For you, you, you who are not in labor, for the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. So in other words, there's going so to Hagar be a multiplication. So Hagar was the one who had a husband in this case. I don't know yeah. how, I can't really explain that. No, okay, That's, well, that was my difficult question. I've got it out, go on, carry on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's basically talking about a woman who has, you know, has been barren. Yeah. Obviously, Sarah did have a yeah. husband, so I'm not. Yeah. No. But anyway, um, but I think the issue is that um, Sarah wasn't able to, mm. to bring children. But now, mm. through Christ's coming, he has now uh, established this new covenant, mm. and there will be many Isaacs will be born. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's the, the yeah. gist of it there. More, more are the children of the desolate woman. Yeah. yeah. That's it's quite something. It is. It's talking about mm. Sarah and spiritual yeah. Sarah. Mm. Yes, okay. Um, yes, yeah, so you couldn't answer that one. I, yeah, I, I think that could be talking about more generally those who have a husband, not necessarily, mm. uh, and by that meaning, those that yeah. basically are um, fertile. Exactly. So th so I think so. Yeah. I haven't looked into the la yeah. exact language, yeah. but I suspect it will be something like that. Yeah. that they, they didn't have a husband that could give them children, mm. uh, like, you know. But he's saying, 
the time is coming. It is amazing oh, how Isaiah um, 53 is, is the epic, actually, with, with Alan and Ian, we did five on uh, five Bible studies. We thought that was a long time for one chapter, <laughs> but um, on Isaiah 53, and then I think they did a DVD. Um, uh, the, the, how much, uh, you know, how many treasures there were in Isaiah 53 mm. for us. Um, but then Isaiah 54 starts with um, almost going back to uh, Isaac and, you know, the miracle of Isaac's birth. It is, it is, it is a miraculous birth. Mm. It is. Absolutely miraculous, and so easy. Not a virgin birth, but it is yeah. a miraculous it, it, birth. Exactly, it's yeah. a, it's so easy to forget that. Just think, Isaac was just born fifteen years after mm. Ishmael, but he was born by miracle. Yeah, and it can't be talking about Mary because Mary, um, as it were, she she didn't have a husband, but she wasn't. She did have a husband, but she didn't have a husband, as it were, for the birth of the Lord Jesus, but she wasn't barren. Mm. Mary wasn't barren. And she had other children after the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's, there, remember, this is all in an allegory. So the, that's right. the prophecy could be, there could have been like a fulfillment of what I've, from my reading, that yeah. it's, it's a prophecy to the Jews who were, as it were, barren in the Babylonian captivity, mm. but God is promising them yeah. that they will multiply again mm. uh, greatly. Yeah. But in the allegory, Paul is taking that and saying, look, this is also a prophecy that Sarah's gonna have many children, that there's, there's going to be a spread of the gospel mm. of grace mm. th throughout the world, which was fulfilled. Yeah. You know, even Paul couldn't have even imagined how the gospel would have spread over the next 2,000 years mm -hmm. to, to encompass millions of people. He was right there just yeah, at the beginning. Right. Yeah. But he was saying, look, this is the prophecy that she will, Sarah will have many, many more children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is the husband possibly, thinking of Paul's treatment <coughs> of the marriage and, uh, and the law and how, the, how when the husband dies, the law no longer has effect over the wife. Could it be an allusion to that, that the law is now dead? Mm. And, and, and or you are dead to the law, rather, the law isn't dead, and, and therefore you don't have this, this aspect of your life. Um, instead, you're going to, out of the freedom of the gospel, going to produce millions upon millions of children. Mm. Mm. I haven't, it's just, yeah. I haven't developed the argument yeah. properly to explain it, but it's just a, yes. just a thought. In the allegory, she who has a husband yes. are the, is the ones who are married to the law. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and although we have a husband, as it were, Christ. That's right. We, he's a heavenly yes. rather than yeah. an yeah. earthly. Yeah. Yeah. That, could, that could be it. Yeah. yeah. So let's, um, in the last few minutes, look at verse 28, that we are... Children of promise. Yes, yeah, so this is the pr this is summarizing what yeah, we already is. said, really, exactly. isn't it? We brethren, in case you haven't worked it out yet, he's saying. Mm. <laughs> you, that, just Isaac ask the viewers: was. Have you, after four weeks of this <laughs> subject, have you worked it out yet? I think you have. I think you have. Isaac just, is the child of promise. Yeah. That's us. We're the child. Yeah. We're not the. We're not a self-made man. Yeah. We are produced by the promise of God, the grace of God. Yeah. 
Um, but as he, oh, and then it goes on and talks about the relationship between flesh and spirit, mm. which we'll probably pick up next time. Mm. But um, as he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, even so it is now. In mm. other words, there, there is this spiritual fight which was going on in Galatia between though, and he's now saying, look, the battle that's going on right now between me <laughs> and these legalistic teachers, this is the battle yeah. between Ishmael and Isaac that yeah. goes back to Genesis yeah. 21. Um, there's all the flesh and the spirit are always opposing each other, yeah. whether it's in our own life, yeah. or whether it's in the church world or, you know, wherever. So, John, you know, I'm about to gear up to ask you to just define again the promise. So children of the promise. We've spoken about the promises concerning the land and the physical descendants of Abraham. What is the promise? Well, the promise is that they are, will be adopted um, into the kingdom of God as, as part, part of God's family. You know, the spirit of adoption, which comes into us, which calls us to cry out, Abba Father, and we mm. talked a few weeks ago about how that is actually happening in our spirit. You know, our, our spirits are in constant communion with God, mm. um, and we just want to tie into that. I think Derek talked about yeah. harmonies and melodies yeah. and, and <laughs> something else. Oh yes, we love um, that. You, you remember that? Yeah. Uh, but also, Jesus says, doesn't he? Um, I forget exactly what he says. You, but to paraphrase it, what he says: Because you are not children of God, you don't love me. Yeah, you know, that he is essentially what he said. Um, they were in love with the law. They were in love with, with their legalities and and lots of traditions which, which they had surrounded the law with, and that was much more important to them than the figure of God that was standing in front of mm. them. That because their love of the law blinded them to the truth. Yeah, that's th that's how it really how it affected. They couldn't see Jesus for what he was because he didn't conform to their image of what God should be. And this is so often the case, isn't it? The man creates God in his own image. We've said it many times on Bible mm. Bible study. Man creates God in his own image and then demands that God form up and conform to that image. Yeah. And and it's it, but you see, God won't do that. But there's someone else who's very willing to do it. And along comes the angel of light and says, I'll conform. Yeah. And, uh, and don't worry, I'll teach you and I'll guide you in the way you should go. Yeah. And, and that's how we have denominationalism. That's how we have sects. All masquerading as Christianity. But Christianity yeah. is not denomination. No. We're brothers and sisters all of yeah. the, wherever we worship. Mm. Children, of, the, the children of God. Children yeah. of light. Children of God. Wonderful. Thank you very much. I think we, you've... you've nearly taken us out to the music so um you know abraham i think it has to be one word the yeah absolutely of, of course it promises the gospel, the gospel of salvation children of the gospel um, and yeah we can we can, like abraham we can believe in the yeah. promise because it was fulfilled yeah. through isaac and it's going to be fulfilled in our lives and into all eternity so we'll see you next week thanks for jo joining us <laughs>